opportunity that we have to uh, worship you publicly, to declare your name, to shout your praises as we've done. Um, Father, we thank you for the freedom that we have to do that in this country. Um, Father, I pray for us um, as a, a group, as we uh, reflect and as we think about um, Peter's life and what we learn about Jesus um, through it, I pray that you'll challenge us and show us new things about who you are. Father, I pray that for the children as well as they go out for all ages. I pray that you'll be at work um, through the teachers there and, and in their lives as well. In Jesus' name, amen. So as I said earlier, um, really badly, uh, that we're starting a new series um, of Jesus and Peter. Um, looking at, I suppose looking at Peter's life, but looking at um, uh, Peter's life, but also looking at how he interacts with Jesus and what, what we learn about Jesus through Peter's life. Um, we're going to read a passage um, in Matthew 4. Do you have the PowerPoint, Jack? Thanks a million. Um, this is, uh, so we're going to go through over the next uh, six or seven, eight weeks, I think, go through different passages that uh, involve Peter and his uh, journey with Jesus, the things he learns and what we learn about Jesus through that. So I have, um, this is the passage. Um, if you have a Bible on your phone or there's hard copies there behind those doors, or I also have printouts of the passage here. Um, this morning, uh, I'm planning for us to kind of chat through the passage. I'm not going to do all the talking. I'd like to ask you a few questions as we look through it. So if you do have um, particular things on the passage as you read it there, I'm going to give you a moment to read it yourself. Um, just scribble on the page. You can scribble on the Bibles as well. I don't know if you can scribble on your phone, if you have that kind of thing. Um, but it, feel free to write in the page as you read it. If there's particular things that jump out to you, challenge you, things you really like, things you find difficult to understand... And we'll try and chat through the passage as we go. So I'll hand it some pens. Uh, so sometimes at Ignite, we'll uh, do talks, which are just kind of straight uh, through monologues. So we'll just talk, and maybe there's some questions afterwards. Sometimes we, we do different things where we sit around tables and discuss, um, and then sometimes we do kind of looking at a passage together like this. So we try and mix it up a little bit because I know different people learn in different ways. I quite enjoy uh, hearing feedback from people and, and questions from people. It helps me understand uh, more. So uh, read through the passage yourself just for a few moments. Um, highlight any bits, underline any bits. It's fairly short. You may have heard it before, you may not. Um, I'll give you two minutes to do that, and then we're going to go uh, back just before Matthew 4 and see what happens before that. Everyone had a chance to read it? Um, keep it on you anyway there, and we'll uh, uh, refer back to it. I'll read it um, out loud, and then we'll go back just a little bit before that. Um, so it's chapter 4, verse 18 to 22. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers... Simon, called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets, and Jesus called them. And immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. <clears throat> 
just going back before um, this happens, um, if you have a Bible or if you're on your phone, you can scroll back through the, um, the chapters. At the start of Matthew, Matthew's the first book in the New Testament after Malachi. Um, so the first, uh, the good part of the first of um, half of chapter one is all a genealogy. So it's looking at kind of where Jesus came from. So whose father was whose uh, and all the way down. And as you read through that list, there's some names you won't be able to pronounce, let alone know. Um, and there's some you may recognize from different stories. Um, but it's a genealogy up to that. And then we have the birth of Jesus Christ. So in Matthew the birth story isn't uh, particularly long. In Luke, it's a bit longer. It's a few chapters. Um, but in this bit, it tells a little bit about that Jesus was coming. It talks a little bit about Joseph um, and an angel appearing to Joseph to say, except Mary, um, um, that, that God's son is in Mary. Um, and he then um, does that. Uh, in chapter two, then, it talks about the wise men or the magi um, coming to visit um, Jesus. Um, and then um, Mary, Joseph, and Jesus have to escape and they head to Egypt um, to get away, and then Herod dies, and they go back um, to Nazareth. They return um, back there. And then we see John the Baptist. Some of you might have um, heard of John the Baptist before. He baptizes people. It was just a simple, it's like John the Builder. Um, so he baptizes people. as so he's there in the river baptizing people. And in it, he says, I baptize people with water, but the one who comes after me will baptize in the Holy Spirit. So a little bit of a, a look towards what's coming next. And then Jesus turns up to the same river that John has baptized people in and says, I want to be baptized. And Jesus is baptized there in the water. Um, and a voice from heaven um, comes down and says, this is my son whom I love with you. I am well pleased. And that ends uh, the end of chapter three. And straight after that, then Jesus is brought into the desert to be tempted. And the devil tempts him uh, with three different things. Um, he says, it all, they all start with, if you are the son of God, being tempted about who he is, if you're the son of God, turn these stones into bread. And Jesus answers uh, with a verse from the Bible. And he says, if you're the son of God, throw yourself off the highest point of the temple. Uh, and then the last one, um, the devil tempts him on kind of ownership or being in charge of all the kingdoms. He says, look out there, you can have all of these things. Um, but Jesus isn't tempted. He knows who his father is. He knows what his father's about. Um, and just after that temptation, uh, it says he begins to preach. So when Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he returned to Galilee and he, he preaches. And verse 17, just before where we started, it says, from that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. So he's essentially starting his ministry. He's 30 years old um, and he's at this point. So now you've read uh, the passage. Is there particular things as you read that passage that jumps out at you? Anything that seems strange? Anything that you like? Anything that startles you? True. Yeah. What does it say in the passage? What does it say in the passage? What does it say? But they don't hesitate. What do they do? At once. Yeah, at once they drop everything. And in Luke as well, it talks about uh, they leave everything. Yeah. Yeah. They they leave everything, yeah. Um. <laughs> and that's the end of the teaching for today. We just learned the typical man. <laughs> Always has been and always will. Um, any other things that jump out at you? Seventy. He is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's two sons just leave, and he's left holding the nets. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
I don't have an answer, but we'll 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 discuss that in a bit. Yeah. Any other things? They probably were roughly those ones there anyway. Yeah. It's stereo. Don't know if you're saying something. Yeah, I had the Yuga first. Val Yuga first. <laughs> we'll look at them now in a moment. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Anything else? As we go, feel free to interject and ask questions or give answers. Yeah. Yeah, do they think they just go out with fishing rods and try and catch people as they pass? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, nets. Nets would be easier. Less dangerous. Um, yeah, good questions. And we'll talk about some of them. And I think um, between Heather and Mary, you've kind of both raised points. One of the things that I was thinking about, did it matter that it was these guys? Because it does just say, as Jesus was walking, does it matter that he chose those guys? Or was it random? Could he have chosen anyone? Hmm. So if he's talking to farmers, he wouldn't. The fishers and men thing would have fallen flat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He does use different ones. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Mm, yeah because one of the i was reading a commentary on the passage and and in it it says you know he would have chosen fishermen because they were courageous and brave and you know they would have been used to um uh, you know different circumstances and they would have been great disciples but i'm not sure if that is that important i don't think peter always showed bravery or courage uh, and i wonder when jesus called the disciples did it matter particularly who they were, because he called all the people. We don't know everyone, but Matthew was a tax collector. There was others. So it wasn't all fishermen. Why didn't he choose all those? Um, anyway, <clears throat> uh, it is slightly odd because we don't know much before what happened when Jesus says this to them. We don't know if they've seen him before, if they've heard him speak or seen him heal. Um, I assume there's probably been some sort of uh, knowledge about him. People have, have said things or heard things about who he is. Um, so you'd presume they're responding to something. And we'll look at their response now in a moment. If Jesus was to walk into this room here this morning, so while we're having lunch later, and Jesus says, come follow me, I'm on a tour around Ireland. Where are you? Are you? Would you go? Would you follow? Okay. Okay. <laughs> 
Mm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, fair point. Yeah, maybe they had other people working for them that could step up. Yeah. <laughs> maybe he'd been praying for Jesus to come along and take them. <laughs> Useless fisherman. <laughs> could be. Um, yeah, you can go on to the next uh, slide there, Jack. I think you just asked the question. I just essentially have loads of questions. Jack, you put on the next slide there. Or the one again. Uh, yeah, this. Yeah, that's it. Perfect. So what's the call that Jesus asks them? What does Jesus call them to? Yeah. That is? Two parts, okay. So what are the two parts? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it is important that there's the, we see that there's two parts. It is a follow me, come into a relationship with me, but there is more to it then as well. Yeah. They just say at once. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're gonna we'll we'll look at why yeah why did they choose why did they choose to follow Jesus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose if they were fishermen, they probably wouldn't be studying. It wouldn't necessarily be following another teacher, or rabbi. So maybe there's an opportunity to see it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> teachers and speakers, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Had they been asked before to follow? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. That they weren't good enough to do yeah. that, that they went to manual labor. So then, like, this sort of, like, rabbi... Opportunity comes up. Yeah, yeah. They were kind of seen as, like, they weren't good enough, but now, Jesus is calling them. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, it's a good thing. Um, Their response... We've already said what their response is. At once, they leave their nets. At once, they uh, leave their father. Uh, in Luke, it says they leave everything, uh, and they choose to follow. Any other examples in the Bible of people who say yes to following Jesus that you can think of? Yeah, I suppose people who've listened to God or follow God, yeah. Paul, yeah. Yeah. 
Zacchaeus. Yeah, yeah. What about? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Listening to God's voice. People who didn't, so heard God's voice or heard Jesus calling. Who did? Oh, we all don't like Jonah. <laughs> yeah, no. It's bitterness still there. I haven't got over it yet. Uh, anyone else? Rich young ruler, yeah. So he comes up and says, what do I need to do to follow you? And he says, Jesus says, uh, sell all your possessions. Um, Judas, okay, yeah. So started to follow. <clears throat> then there's, uh, there's other calls. We don't know who they are, but it says, you know, I want to follow you. And, it's, uh, and he says, well, foxes of holes, birds of nests. Jesus, no, uh, I have no place to live. And people give up. And then there's also the uh, come follow me. And he says, I have to go and bury my father. Or I have to go and look at the field. Or I have to do all these other excuses. People make excuses. Uh, what it means to follow um, Jesus. Um, <clears throat> thinking about then, what does it mean for the four of them um, to follow Jesus? What's, what's the kind of implications? What are the sacrifices? Um, sorry, you can go on to the next two there, Jack. Done response. And so what are the sacrifices? We've said some of them. Just practically, what, what do they, as they walk away to follow Jesus, what are they leaving? Family? Security? Home? Yeah. So future plans, maybe, yeah. Source of income, yeah. Yeah. Property, yeah. Own the boats or, yeah, maybe houses. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, their father as well, yeah. Giving up their reputation or their purpose as well. Up their future, as Declan said. Um, we don't really know, yeah, <clears throat> why did they do it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So they give up a huge amount. Like, they give up practically yeah, their nets and fishing and their father, but they also give up their future, their plans, hopes, all those kind of things. Um, and if Jesus called us, um, I think sometimes when we look at this passage, we see all the things that the... The guys gave up. We don't necessarily look at what they're choosing in Jesus. We underestimate or we kind of play down. We just look at the sacrifice. And maybe that's just human nature. We look at the things. We weigh up pros and cons. And we look at all the, the negative things. So what did they know about Jesus when he comes up and says, come follow me? What did they know about what they were choosing to do? What did Peter think when he said yes? Maybe he had heard about Jesus. Maybe he had seen him speak or... Uh, or heal, um, or, or maybe it was in the story of Matthew, I think, Matthew's um, doing his tax and he looks up and he looks at Jesus in the face and he says, he'll follow him. And I don't know if it was something about Jesus. We read in the Bible that he was fairly ordinary looking, but was there something about his personality or what he was about? Or Any thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think Peter was drawn to the cause? So Peggy pointed out, fishers and men, what does that even mean? Um, but do you think there was like, yeah, there was a, a bit of a, a desire to follow in and achieve something that they were bored of fishing? There could be that as well. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, I, like I suppose we don't know that, like it doesn't say it there, but maybe there was a preparation. Yeah, maybe they were looking for something more and then when Jesus came along, they felt that was the, the answer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And in that call, then, is there like, well, I'm not good enough because I didn't get very far before, you know, how can I possibly do this? And it does come back to the question. You know, Jesus called these guys, but did it matter that it was those guys particularly? Yeah. 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 No, they wouldn't they wouldn't have known any of that stuff. And they all well they all obviously died, but some of them died terrible deaths. So no, they wouldn't have known it. I don't think they would have. They'd have no reason to particularly. Um I want us to look uh, briefly just at the the kind of the two parts of it, the follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Um and I think sometimes we can get kind of uh maybe it's personalities, I don't know, we we think about one part more than the other, we think about the following me. Um, you know, we're called into a relationship with Jesus. We go to church and we pray and we do our things, but it's more of a, a private thing. It's just between me and God. Um, what does it mean to follow Jesus? Throw out some words of what it means to follow Jesus. Trust. Show up by your life. Okay. Trust. Relationship. Yeah. Okay. Emulate. Yeah. Good. Obedience. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So learning, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the willingness to be in relationship with, to learn, to follow, um, commitment, obedience to him. Um, that's what following uh, Jesus means. I suppose the ridiculous example that I have, if you have, um, if I follow a particular football team, so Man United, there's a, I can't really follow another football team. So I think in following Jesus, it was very much, now whether they knew it at the time, following Jesus was a particular thing that meant they weren't going to follow other things like their career or their future. Um, and I think following Jesus calls us to that obedience and commitment. Um, but then there's the other extreme where maybe we focus on the, I'll make you fishers of men, and we're preoccupied with what Jesus does or want to do um, in the world. So we, we maybe downplay the relationship with Jesus, the following of Jesus, and we upplay the, what it means to be fishers of men. Um, and I think it has to be both and that we are in relationship with Jesus, but that we follow as well. Um, but we face the same call um, to drop everything. I don't know your Christian journeys where you've been at, um, whether you know God or not, but at, at some point there was probably a moment or a few moments or a period of time where you made a decision that you were going to start to understand who Jesus was and follow Jesus um, there was a certain point where we decided, I'm going to follow Jesus and I'm not going to follow this. Now, we all go through journeys and there's ups and downs and we've all, I'm sure, had times where it's, that's been really difficult. Um, 
But Jesus doesn't call the disciples here on a, a journey that's lovely and cushy. Um, you know, as was said, they didn't know their, their lives were going to end in death. Um, there was, well, they did because everyone dies. But in those kind of deaths, um, they didn't know there was going to be a sacrifice, I suppose, the sacrifice that they made. But the important thing is whenever we think about following Jesus and for Peter, and that's, I think, what we learned through it is that we're called to the king, but we're also called to the kingdom. There's both of those things. We're called to Jesus, but also to his mission. Uh, and it's both and. We can't do one without the other. Because um, I think for me, I probably err more on the side of the doing, the act of, and less on the being uh, with Jesus. But for me, I can't understand God's mission without understanding Jesus and who God is. Um, and I think the disciples are called into something much bigger than themselves that they probably don't really understand at that point. Um, and I think people hear um, God's call, um, those who don't call themselves true Christians, we said maybe in dreams or maybe it's true in the Bible or through songs, different things. Um, but I think for each of us, although we've maybe made that initial um, call um, to follow Jesus, it's an ongoing thing, an ongoing a daily thing that we choose to follow Jesus, to drop everything and to follow him. And sometimes those are really difficult decisions to make. Um, as we work or at, at home or whatever it might be, uh, we need to be willing to lay down our lives to drop everything, or at least be willing to, to drop everything. And that also has implications for our future, our dreams or our hopes or our jobs or our security or any of those things um, to follow him. Because I think Peter was continually called, and we look at those over the next few weeks. He was called to walk on the water. He was called to throw his nets down the other side. He was called to start a church. So there's an ongoing kind of calling um, Jesus continues to call um, Peter, called to relationship with him and also um, to his mission, to the kingdom. Um, and I think probably between the two of us, I don't know which uh, camp you fit into more, whether you're someone who just loves spending time with Jesus and, and God and you, know, you have time of quiet and prayer and worship, but you struggle with the outworking of that. Or maybe there's others who love doing things and you just want to do it yourself and you forget that God's behind you. And I think for those of us who like being the, um, the active uh, person and, and seeing God's kingdom come and working in his mission and forgetting the master, uh, a verse in Matthew eleven twenty eight: come to me all who are weary and burdened and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I'm gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So sometimes when we do lots of things, uh, we burn ourselves out, we overdo it um, in our jobs or uh, in following Jesus. But following Jesus is supposed to be good for the soul. It's supposed to provide satisfaction and uh, life, not necessarily always, and it's not, not saying there's no pain or hardship, um, but there's a, a, yeah, Jesus calls us to a difficult life, but one that has um, purpose. Uh, and I sometimes wonder when we follow Jesus and we get stressed out or uh, we get worn out, are we doing more of the doing and less of the being uh, with Jesus? I know that's definitely true for me. But then there's the other side of it where we follow Jesus and we just want to be with Jesus, but we don't live that out or work that out. Um, and our faith was never meant to be private. And Jesus, when he calls the disciples, it was never meant to be, okay, I'm just going to start a little group and we'll just meet in our houses and we won't do anything or tell anyone. Peter's life was transformed from being a fisherman to starting a church. And I think for, for those of us who, um, yeah, like the relationship and the following part, we need to hear that 
yeah, Jesus loves us, but he also wants to transform us and use us in his kingdom to work through us, to change the world, um, to love the unlovable, to care for the sick, to go to foreign lands, to preach the good news, to clothe the naked, to serve the homeless, to visit the prisoner, to care for our neighbors, to love our friends. There's a both and call to follow, but call to go also. And I think as we'll go through over the next few weeks, we'll see Peter's development. You know, initially here he says he follows, but there's lots of times where he doubts that and he wonders and he denies Jesus. Um, uh, And we'll see that as as we go through it as well. But there's one particular verse, um, which is, I suppose, after his call, Jesus' call to him, Jesus has been crucified, he's risen again, and now Peter's out on his own. The Holy Spirit has come and Jesus is out. And it's a a bit in Acts 4, um, 13, which you've probably heard me or us quote before. Um, Peter's just stood up and he's spoken in front of the Sanhedrin. So he's spoken in front of lots of people um, about who Jesus is. Um, he's kind of gone through and he's explained this is what Jesus is and this is um, who I am and this is where I'm at. And then in, in verse 13 of um, Acts 4, for me this kind of sums up um, Jesus' call for Peter. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. So just imagine that he stands up to speak, the two of them stand up to speak, and people were amazed and marveled and surprised at what they said. They saw their bravery. These are different verses from different verses. They saw their bravery. They saw their confidence. But they also noted at the same time that these were just ordinary, unschooled, unlearned, untrained, inexperienced people. But the key thing, which the guys noticed when they see them, was that they'd been with Jesus, that they followed Jesus. And we see Peter uh, eventually, and we'll go through lots of trials and tribulations for that, eventually Jesus understands what it means to follow Jesus and be with Jesus, but also to um, live out that relationship in the world. And they were ordinary, untrained, unschooled, inexperienced, normal people, but they did respond to Jesus' called, call. They sacrificed and they followed him. Their futures are redirected and their lives reoriented around Jesus and his message for the world. And going back to that question, we don't really know the answer at the start when Jesus walked along by the lake and just said, I'll call you. We don't know if he had planned that the day before, three weeks before, 20 years before. But I think it probably could have been anyone that was called that day, even us, even you and I that were called that day. Because the continuation of what Jesus started wasn't reliant on the abilities of the people he called. Their skills and experience weren't what Jesus was looking for but for their availability and their willingness to drop everything and follow. And Jesus still calls ordinary, unschooled, untrained, inexperienced men and women who are willing to lay down their lives and follow and learn what it means to be an ambassador for the kingdom. Let's just take a moment to reflect and then I'm just going to pray and we're going to sing again. Father, it's really hard to put ourselves in the shoes of those fishermen is standing there with nets and this guy comes up to them and says, follow me. We don't know everything about the story, but we see their response and we see the sacrifices that they made in following Jesus. And Father, we know the sacrifices that people here have made in following you. Maybe move um, countries. Could be um, changing uh, things we do or things we say or the ways we live. But Father, I thank you for that initial call that you called us into relationship with you. 
And Father, you continue to call, call people who don't know you. And, and Father, I pray for anyone here who doesn't know who Jesus is. I pray for um, yeah, just your Holy Spirit to, to, to reveal who you are and the abundance of life that you offer, the, the freedom that you give, the grace that you show. Um, and Father, I pray for each person here as well. You know what's going on in their lives, in their heads. You know the calls that may be on their lives. Maybe they're big calls to change job or move country, but maybe it's small things like to change a habit or to talk to someone or to build a relationship with someone else. It's a simple call to be close, to be in relationship with the Master, to know Jesus, be loved by Jesus. But also a call to go, a call to see God's kingdom come, a call to make fishers of men. So Father, I pray for each one of us that we might know just the wonder of following you and the opportunity and the privilege it is to be servants as well, ambassadors for you.